So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and I have here with me, oh, well, we're going to shake things up a little bit this week. Um, I'll be taking the hosting duties all on my own. We had a lovely uh, co-host worked out for you guys, guest co-host, but uh, uh, circumstances change, so uh, you'll be listening to me and and. Our guest tonight is going to be our very own Jean Victoria Norlock. We're going to be talking about uh, Jean's new book, her her latest work. Uh, she's put that out in a raw form on uh, uh, Amazon Kindle, uh, even before it's seen the eyes and hands of an editor. It's really quite a bold move. Um, but if you'll hang with us for uh, just a moment, I'm sure that she'll be right here with us. Let's see if I can find what happened to the music for break. Hmm. Welcome, uh, guest ten one eleven. We're uh, uh, just getting just getting rolling here. We're having a little trouble with the uh, connection, but uh, I'm sure that we'll have everything in uh, in shape just momentarily. I'll take that opportunity to remind everybody to uh, check out our website at everydayconnection.me uh, because it's all about me, even if you're the me that's reading it, and. Um, We've got some great content there. Gene writes a, a column for us every week. Not sure about this week. We'll see what happens. Uh, if she can write a column about herself. But uh, I think we might uh, might have found her. Gene. Yes? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. 
just been over here dancing as fast as I can, waiting no for doubt. the uh, everything to come together. Uh, so I've kind of mentioned that we're going to talk a little bit about your uh, book this evening, uh, Crashing Back to Earth, and uh, and this wild decision of yours to uh, uh, turn it loose on the public for 99 cents in its raw and unedited form. Oh, yeah, I'm crazy. Oh, okay. All right, everybody, there you have it. Gene's crazy. Now, we'll be back next week. Oh, wait. <laughs> we have a little time to fill, I'm sure. Um, so, uh, in your absence, I'll uh, I'll start off with the uh, traditional question of uh, who in the world are you and what do you do? <clears throat> oh, well, uh, currently in the world, I'm in Canada. Um <laughs> But then most of our listeners know that. Um, let's see. Okay, I'm a Canadian author. I'm a mom. I'm a wandering gypsy-type personality who likes to explore the world and the people in it. I love tales of survival and um, inspirational stories. And I think that's what spurred me on to starting this book anyways um certainly not how i ended up writing it but um that's definitely what inspired it was i went out searching for people who just had uh, managed to climb that mountain jump off the top and spread wings rather than falling um there's i don't know i'm gonna you know what it's that's a hard question to ask me rick <laughs> It is because I'm usually I'm usually the host, so you know. Um, wow. Well, and, I mean, and, and and we tried to make sure that you wouldn't do any homework or study for the show. So. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's I'm I, I don't know. What do you want to know, hun? Because we've we've uh, done this so many times before. <laughs> but yes, we have. You've given us a, a a a brief description of yourself on our first show together, but. Um, uh, I would say, uh, what? Uh, this is your third book, Crashing Back to Earth. Um, yeah. What? I mean, obviously, the first two books may have had something to do with bringing you to the third book. Uh, what? What gave you the idea to uh, to write things and and publish them anyway? Uh, uh, an- another book, really? Um. Wow. Okay. You mean? I mean, in you general, mean, like starting with the first one, what this whole author thing and uh, oh, hell, that's that's a story in and of itself. Um, okay, I life just wasn't what I wanted it to be, and I was stuck. I was bored. I was, um, I, I, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners know this, but I, I've buried almost my entire family. So I'm kind of orphanish. <laughs> kind of um, orphanish, yeah. Kind of orphanish. I have my um, amazing, wonderful daughter, but I've been married, been divorced. Um, I don't have any blood family left other than my daughter. And it was shortly after um, the passing of of the guiding light in my life that I decided I needed something, anything to kickstart me. So um, I started asking spirit for help and I you know I've been doing that all my life really so 
it wasn't anything new to ask for help or guidance. Um, what was new and what shifted for me was that I actually started listening because the guidance was so intense. There were synchronicities galore, and, and the signs were coming three, four, five, six signs a day, um, random messages from strangers. And I don't mean just here in Canada, but when I went, because the the first book is really about that first step out of the comfort zone and, and diving into the unknown. Um, so when I went to the Philippines, I was running into random strangers there as well who had messages for me. Um, so it's really, for, for a long time, I really felt like I had no choice. Um, it There it was, you know, I asked... Um, and I said, okay, I, I'm ready for this, so let's go. And the path just kind of laid out before me, and here, walk this. And um, I think on, on some level, once you once you ask in such, a, in such a personal way and you start getting answers that are so intensely intimate, and some of them were very intimate answers, um, once you start getting those kind of answers and they're coming at such a fast rate – you really, what are you going to say, no? Well, <laughs> it it has been attempted <clears throat> by some. I, I tried it for a while. <laughs> but um, we're really glad that you didn't. Um, and so well, we're glad that you're glad. You're, you're, you've been asking Spirit for help. Uh, all your life, uh, you say, or most of your life. Uh, it's just been sort of the natural thing. Um, wasn't uh, uh, out of character for your family or your. I mean, a lot of us, a, a lot of us that uh, that might look back on our young years now and say, "Well, yeah, I think I was getting. Well, I was getting." guidance way back when but it kind of turned off somewhere what happened and uh, and of course we can see that we turned it off but um sounds like you kind of kept yours going how'd you do that well I, I had a i had a strange upbringing um my mom was a strange woman <laughs> um very 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 intelligent but at the same time a, an angry alcoholic um I had a lot of strange things that happened to me when I was younger. Uh, some of them was are, some of those incidents are actually written into the first book. Um, and some of my family members, like my dad and um, my grandmother, were very supportive and encouraging. And my grandmother had told me right from the time I was a little girl that I would write a book someday. Um, but she wouldn't tell me what about. She wouldn't tell me, I mean, she wouldn't tell me anything. And I actually had the title in my head for years and years and years. I knew what the title of my first book was going to be, but I had no idea what the story was going to be. Uh, and the interesting thing about that is that the story just played out, and I was able to just write that. Um, but my my family was really divided, and even to this day, I'm still I, I'm still separate from from the extended part of the family. Now, I've lost all my immediate family members, but I still have cousins, aunts, and uncles, and all that stuff. However, I'm not really in, in contact with them. Um, 
and this will sound strange coming from you know a spiritual author who writes about spirituality, religion, and and all that stuff. Um, most of them are Catholic. I had a very strong Christian upbringing, um, so there were you know certain ways that I would look at things where members of my family were like, oh no 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 no, <laughs> you can't you can't say that or do that, um, or even the, think that. Or think that I, I remember really early on in um, on my mom's side of the family, my my that side of the family was very very Catholic, and uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was very very dedicated to the church, and she she did the collections and you know I mean so so church was a really big thing. However, my mom did leave the church when I was a very young girl. Um, because they wouldn't allow her to marry the man that she loved um, because he didn't get his marriage annulled. So my mom basically said, you know, screw you, I'm going to marry him anyways. <laughs> and, and away she went. I, however, was expected to continue to go to church, which is, is strange in and of itself. And I remember the priest didn't like me much um, when I was a little girl. I think I asked too many questions and... Um, my my grandmother, you know, I mean, because I would see things going on, and I was, just, I, I didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the the bowing and the the genuflecting and the the sign of the cross. It didn't feel comfortable to me. Um, although I spent large quantities of time going into the church on Sundays and coming out of the church on Sundays, where I'd I'd just take off on them and go hang out with Mary um, at the statue outside and talk to her for a while, uh, but. The actual rituals around it didn't didn't feel comfortable, and they didn't sit. Um, so that part of the family definitely didn't support the way I looked at things. Um, and, but then I had my grandmother, who, you know, she supported she supported me in everything I did, right or wrong. She had this vision of who I was, and. Um, she was, I think, seeing me on a spiritual level, not seeing me on a on a human action-based level. Um, she knew who I was in my heart, and that was enough for her. And my dad, he had learned very early on that my intuition was something that needed to be listened to. So um, he was another one who I could go to and say, you know, Dad, I had a dream about. And he would go, okay, well, we'll just avoid that area tomorrow and not go there. It. Uh, so so it was weird because it was a contradiction, you know. Right, right. very much a, a sort of a dual standard. Oh yeah, absolutely. You you very you learn very early on who you can talk to and who you can't talk to. I'm one of the lucky ones who had people I could talk to. Absolutely, because many that didn't find someone to talk to just wound up sort of squelching that part of themselves, um, and. Then spending time later trying to find it again, when it's kind of like looking for the glasses on your head. But anyway, the um, crashing back to Earth, a uh, book about healing. Uh, so, so this is a book for uh, people that are. Uh, wounded or sick or ill, and they can. This talks about how they can heal themselves. This is a, a self-help book. No, no, not even close to a self-help book. Well, yeah, it was a self-help book for me. Um, it, it was begun 
as an inspirational collection of survival stories. But partway through the writing of that, um, I myself got really sick. And I got really sick because I wasn't following my bliss and my joy. And um, it took me a while to get back on my feet. And part of part of my method for getting back on my feet was to write the book. I, but I had to write it on my terms. So it, it no longer became about anybody else. It became only about me getting better. And so what I did was I, I documented the journey on me getting better. I wouldn't call it a self-help book, and it's not... Um, it's not for people. I mean, yeah, okay, if people who are sick, um, sick, injured, depressed, sad, scared, if they can read it and it helps them, that's awesome. But it's not just for them because there's a lot of information in there. Um, a lot of self-realization occurred during that period. And, and so there was documentation of me exploring the potentiality of you realizing that you never actually have to get sick in the first place. So it you know, I mean, I wish I'd I wish I'd read it before I got sick. It's it's that kind of book that if I knew now, like if I knew yeah, if I knew then what I know now in the writing of the book, I probably wouldn't have gotten as sick as I did in the first place. And I think wow. that's the key element to what went on during that time was that I discovered not not just how to get well, but how to stay well, how to stay centered, how to stay standing in my truth. Um, sort of how to be well. How to be well, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly... That's great. So even somebody that's just perfectly well could benefit from uh from reading it i i know i wouldn't say i'm perfectly well and lots of people would say i'm perfectly not but uh, <laughs> uh but i know that uh that i enjoyed it i read it uh in two sessions i guess um uh, and those were separated by getting up for a little while um and <laughs> Uh, I do that with books that really grab me. I I just follow, and uh, uh, it was amazing. It really uh, grabbed my attention and held it. Um, so, so it it sounds like uh, some of it's a fairly personal, uh, you know, travel log of your journey. It, um, it's, it's an excruciatingly intimate travel log of my journey. I actually tried to um tried to reread it at one point and um found there's some sections of the book that I can't I can't read again. Um just because I, I don't want to put myself back in that space and for me it's it's so personal because I remember so well being there that um I just you know, there's certain sections I had to skip. Right, right. Um, and so then, uh, really sort of right on that excruciatingly intimate line, you've, uh, you've released this, uh, uh, pre-released the book, I guess you could say, in its raw manuscript form. No grammar corrections, no spelling corrections, no, no editor's eyes or hands. No, um, there's, there's several reasons for that. 
um, one of one of my biggest reasons for doing that is my decision part of my decision made in order for me to get well back on my feet, find my strength again, and get moving forward um was that I had to be as purely honestly me as I could be um and when you write a book that is so intimate that I because I mean there were days I was writing with tears um you know just streaming down my face um you know, thank goodness I'm not using a pen and paper anymore. I'm using a keyboard, so there's not much damage that can be done to the non-existent ink. But there were definitely days um, where it was actually one section I remember um, writing that it was a it was an all-day write. It started at I think it was nine in the morning. I went straight till nine or ten at night, and there there was a lot of crying during during that day in particular just just writing that one small section which actually was 21 pages but it you know there's a lot of emotion poured into those pages it great i you know i love my i love my publisher um and i love his editing team because they don't touch um they don't touch my stuff so they change my they help my grammar they help my spelling but they don't change my content. Um, but in this case, I wanted to present something that was pure to people and give it to them for a low price because if it can help, you know, I mean, it it helped me in the writing of it. And I'm getting some very positive feedback with regards to the content. So if it can inspire people to get back up and get moving, then, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to charge them a large amount of money for that kind of that kind of help. Um, I, I don't so, know. I just, so ninety nine cents. Uh, <laughs> that seems pretty reasonable uh, for what was a real labor of love and labor of the heart uh, for you. I can tell just uh, as you're describing some of your days writing it. Uh, did you did you find that that emotionality was was sort of part and parcel to the experience the 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 healing experience? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The healing experience couldn't have occurred if I hadn't have had that outlet for honest emotion. Um, I think it was getting in touch with those emotions that allowed me to start to explore them on a much deeper level find out where they were coming from and and deal with not just the emotion itself but whatever the cause of the emotion was and let's face it when our emotions are out of whack our physicality becomes out of whack so we can't stay physically healthy for an extended period of time if we're not emotionally balanced it's just not going to happen eventually you are going to get sick um so there's there's a real progression within the pages. Uh, when you follow follow the story, you can actually see the progression of thought and feeling as I go from this place of being in intense physical pain 24 hours a day. I, could, I really I couldn't dress myself. I'm, my roommate was feeding me. Um, I'd been rushed to the hospital a couple times because of allerg- er, allergic reactions to medications. I, 
I was a very sick person. But you can actually see, I think, through the pages, the, sh- the shift in thought that leads me out of that place of unwellness into a place of of happiness, really, and joy. And there, there was a place, a, a time during the writing of the book where whenever I picked up the, the pen, I, the keyboard, whenever I hit the keyboard, it... Um, the pain just went away. Uh, it was it was my pain pill. <laughs> you know? it was, and it was pretty amazing. I I, I have to let everybody know that I uh, I knew you through parts of this, and uh, uh, and it was pretty amazing. Uh, there'd be times that we'd be talking and uh, on on Skype, and you'd say, well, "I'm starting to hurt. I, I need to go write." And it it seemed like it worked for you, and and worked better and better as it as it went on. It's uh, quite an amazing journey. Um, and and I will say, absolutely, pretty much all one hundred percent out there on the page. Um, certainly a very moving uh, experience, and and a very moving read. Um, so what about this crashing back to earth? Uh, that almost sounds like uh, some sci-fi movie or something. Um, what, what, what brought you to, to the title crashing back to earth? Well, it was um, originally going to be coming back to earth for the healing of humanity. Um, and then in the process of, of writing that, it... Um, I, I, I crashed. I crashed and I burned out. Um, the the book before that was called Going Home to Heaven, and that was an intense three months of um, I, living in a connected state, 24 hours a day, which uh, when I came out of, and, and by connected, I mean it, it was virtually channeling 24 hours a day. It was, it was kind of scary at times because I felt so disconnected from the people around me um, because I was so lost in writing the second book that I didn't, I didn't, I was it's so hard to describe. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I was lost in this spiritual connection to the point where I'd lost my human connection. And so in coming back into myself and and becoming back grounded again. And when I became sick, that was that was me crashing back to earth and that's where the title came from because it really felt like I had just fallen from heaven and just landed smack, you know. Boom. Yeah, after falling, you know, I might as well have jumped off the CN Tower, really, because that's that's how, and, and it's crazy that that's how my body felt. Like I'd been run over by by a freight train. My everything was exhausted. I was just, I was so drained and so tired and so worn out, and I just didn't want to, didn't want to be here anymore, really. And that's what it boiled down to. That I was just, I was done. I. There, as far as I was concerned, there was really nothing left to inspire me, and I was, I was done. That's yeah. That's it. 
Uh, I I can only imagine that it would be a, um, a quite a cr- contrasting experience after uh, uh, even a I, I would think even a quite a short time in a state of grace like that um, and um, to sort of jump back in where you left off and 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 crash home so it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I think it will to your readers uh, once they've read the book. Um, and I guess by uh, by bringing that up, it uh, it would be wise for them to check out the three, but at least to know that that the one before was called "Going Home to Heaven," and 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 this is the uh, sort of the next step. They get crashing back to Earth, and. Um, uh, yeah, it was a it was a very strange shift in thought because writing the second book was so it was all about connection to spirit, connection to each other, connection to our world. Um that I, I, I lost for a time my my sense of worth as a human. I forgot how valuable our humanity is. As crazy as that sounds, um, I, I was in a place emotionally, mentally, even physically, because I was, you know, physically completely fit and healthy, and I had tons of energy, and it was crazy. Um, where humanity was lost on me, it really was. It it didn't seem to be that important you know it just and and so for me to come back into making that connection with with the value of our human experience um and to do it in in such a harsh way (laughs) i i really describe it now it's hard to describe it now because i I don't know if I can put myself back into that place again. I don't know if I'd want to put myself back into that place. Knowing now, again, what I know now compared to what I know then, there's there's this balance that needs to be maintained between between our spirituality and our humanity. And to go either way too far can have serious repercussions. Right. And it's just, Yeah. It, it it reminds me and uh, or sort of parallels. Um, I know that uh, the vast majority of your life and and spiritual experience was, um, I, I guess, outside of the uh, New Age movement or this the the New Spirituality New Thought movement. Um, didn't weren't aware of Abraham Hicks or. Law of Attraction or other people channelings, um, things like that. Uh, but I see in uh, in folks I work with, um, uh, clients that I work with, uh, and and just in friends, um, there t- seems to be a tendency sometimes when when folks first discover uh, something that that helps lead them towards themselves. Uh, that they kind of swing the pendulum swings way over to the 
you know, I'm going to spend my time meditating and I'm not going to eat but one plant and 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 <laughs> I'm I'm going to learn how to live outside my body, so to speak, and learn how to live and be a a spiritual being. And uh and and they generally do soon find you know that the balance is needed but i've uh, i've known some that are still sort of spinning around lost way off in the fringes and it 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 doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them it just is a uh, a bit of a journey and it it uh, brings brings me back to that topic that you and i talk about so often the the blending the uh the blended being um People have used terms like homo luminous, uh, homo spiritus, um, that uh, between those two extremes, there's a place where the the value of of my me, my physical me, and the value and uh, and 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 knowledge and experience of my me and the value and the knowledge and experience of spiritual me if you want to talk about them separately so, sort of come together um bringing uh, everybody's expertise to the table so to speak and um and I find it so interesting that your that your journey through, the, through these books through these novels is just such a um such a beautiful parallel uh to me for a lot of that um journey that people are taking uh, perhaps in a much more emphatic and 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 you might say raw manner but um but but yet very similar um uh, uh some some real parallels in there and um it's been um it's been a ride uh it's it's been a wild and crazy ride Right from the first book when I was told how it was basically I got up one morning and said, okay, today I have to quit my job. Um, you know, okay, here I go. What if, I'm, I'm going to start writing now. What am I writing? Don't worry about it. We'll tell you. Just walk. You'll get it as you go. And it was basically just live it, experience it, to the fullest of your potential dive in like without even looking to see if there's rocks at the bottom just dive in and and go and and write while you're taking this journey that was the instructions <laughs> basically right. from the right like it, it, those almost like you uh, you know, you had truth, you had going home to heaven, you have crashing back to earth. It's almost like you there you were up on the cliff and, okay, quit my job and I'm going to write something. You jumped off and you flew uh, like the angel that we all are. And then kerplam, uh, this yeah. crashing back to earth. Um you said earlier you you wish you had read this book before you got sick. Maybe you wouldn't have had to get so sick. So, are you saying now here on the on the backside of it, on the other side of it, uh, that 
you could jump off that cliff, fly, and then land gently. Oh yeah, perhaps. absolutely, absolutely. If um, if that was my intention, then yes, absolutely. I think in this case, however, there was um, there was a part of me on some level that wanted to do this because because the story there are people out there. Okay, there are people out there who are suffering. There's people out there who are scared. There are people out there who are embarking on this journey. And let's face it and be blunt, it's scary as hell. Um, You wake up one day and the world doesn't look the way it did yesterday. Your understanding of it is not the same. It doesn't make sense. The people that you talk to, they don't understand you anymore. You look at them and their troubles and their worries and their concerns. and, And little Susie Q is, you know doing this with so-and-so, and she said that, and he, and none of it matters to you anymore. When up until this point, all of the normal stuff that people worry about and are concerned about, their day-to-day cares, that stuff mattered to you. You could get into those conversations with people and, and keep up. They could talk about what's on TV, and you could keep up. And And suddenly, one day... None of that makes sense to you anymore. It doesn't matter. You're looking at them like, where are you coming from? Where is the importance and the value in these words that you are speaking to me because I do not understand it? And where do you go from there? And I think that's where that confusion comes in, is that when nothing else, everything that you knew to be a truth, no longer make sense, what the hell do you do? And so, I think... No, go ahead. I think that, and, and bless them, because I know there's others out there who are doing the same thing as I am. Bless those people who are writing their story down and putting it out there. Um, the blog writers and the video makers and, and the artists who who are documenting their individual tales so that the people coming behind don't necessarily think, oh, I have to walk that path that way, but they feel more secure in choosing a path to walk. Knowing at at the end they're going to come out of it and that they're not alone. That there is an other side of the experience, so to speak, uh, right. Because it it can be, and I love I love the way you just described it. It's uh, all the things you thought to be true sort of aren't anymore. It it it, it very much is the experience of the house built on sand. It just one day all the everything you thought you had to hold on to to steady yourself with is not there, and you have to find your balance to steady yourself on your own because it, it, you don't you don't have any comfortable cliches to lean on. And um, uh, so it, it can be. It can be a very terrifying experience. It can lead people to uh, do a lot of things to try to avoid it, to try to turn from it. Um, and uh, some people say, well, just because I had that experience, that doesn't mean I have to go forward. Well, uh, you said on some level I think I wanted to do it this way. Uh, so you might say to somebody that, well, if you're having the experience, you decided to have it. You did this for a reason. 
or would you? Uh, you know what? If if I can't stand here today and tell people whether or not they should take the journey, I can't. It's not my job. The information and the support and the community is out there for those who do and for those who step onto the path, regardless of what direction that path takes them. Trust me, the community for you is out there. Um, but, you know, I, I think part of what made me so bloody sick was that I stood in a place of judgment for for months in this newfound knowledge that I had acquired, this new wakened state. And I stood in judgment on my friends who were not awake as I saw it. And, wow, you know, how how contrary and against everything that that spirit is about is it for me to do that? That's that's not my spirit talking. When I stand in judgment on somebody and say, well, you haven't woken up yet, so you don't know anything. Because that TV show is still more important than, you know, the war that's going on over here. Or what, whatever the judgment is, when you stand in a place of, of newly acquired knowledge and you say, oh, I know now. Well, how come you don't? Why aren't you awake yet? When you stand in that place of judgment, you're you're setting yourself up for a fall. You know, and I did that, and I know well, I know tons of other people who have done it too. It's I I think for some it's just part of the journey. That it's oh. it's a stage that you go through. It's it like certainly a, a child. Is an easy, yeah, it certainly is an easy temptation, and you 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 arrive with this newfound knowledge or inspiration or knowingness or abilities or what whatever is your experience of that. And um, but you've brought your human you uh, along with you, and uh, the habits of oh, see, I've got one of these, and you don't. <laughs> you know. It's so it's so true. And at first, you know, it was really it was just about me being so excited. I was so excited about what I saw and uh, about my newfound faith and trust in humanity as a whole because I saw humanity as this really beautiful, unified, global voice for change. That's how I see human beings. And I was so excited to tell the world, you know, you guys are awesome. Look at what you're doing because I'd I'd met so many people that just woke me up to this realization that, that humans, when they're at their best, are the most compassionate, loving, caring creatures. And I was excited. I wanted to tell everybody. And and when people wouldn't listen, I began to get frustrated. And then I, I, I got upset that they wouldn't listen. I got upset that they couldn't hear what I was trying to say. I got upset that they were trying to tell me that I was wrong. I got upset that they were trying to tell me that that the world you know, they were trying to tell me that the world was going to going to shit and what are we going to do about it? And I was trying to tell them, no, you don't understand. Have you, you know, look, look around you. See the, see the beauty in the people out there doing this work. And I, I think I just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't stand on my truth anymore 
because I was standing on my truth from a place of judgment because I was accusing these people of, of still being asleep. And it wasn't even being asleep in the sense that they, you know, weren't being connected to spirit. It was being asleep in the sense that they didn't recognize the value of all those people out there who are connected to spirit. Right, and that they didn't recognize the value of you and what you were, what you had to offer, or what you were trying to offer. Yeah, and it, it um, and I think it is. It's, it's a lot like a child with a new toy. It's like you want, you want to show everybody this new toy because it's really cool. But just don't take it from me because I'm not done with it yet. Um, and and it it can be a really crushing blow when when you come from this place of seeing such beauty, such light, such purity of spirit, and then somebody either, you know, knocks you down or, or you know, insults your vision or uses you or abuses you in any way, it's, it's doubly as crushing. Yes. And it hits ten times harder. So, I mean, there's, a, there's so many different levels to this book and the cause and effect of how it all happened and how I got sick. And um, I think the beauty of the book is that it's it's honest. It's, again, and that's why that's why I put it out there without being edited, because it's, it is what it is. It's the story of somebody who saw some amazing things and gave up everything she knew to jump onto this path and and take this journey and then when she thought she was so close to the end and she was so close to where she needed to be it all just fell apart and you know how do you deal with that and i guess that's that's what the story is really about is how do you get back on your feet right after falling so hard so uh so I just would like to invite our listeners to um, you can find links at uh, at our show website everydayconnection.me uh, to the book on Amazon. Amazon has introduced a cloud reader now so that for Kindle books so that you can read them on any device um, that has the ability to look at a web browser. Um, and of course, they have free versions for PC. This, that. You don't have to own a Kindle to be able to read a Kindle version. Um, for those of you that uh, still like to hold on to a book, um, I, I've I've gotten to really kind of like my Kindle, but I have a real passion for books too. And um, uh, so, the Grave Distractions is uh, coming with an edited version that'll be available in ebook and in printed format. I understand. Yes. Yes, they're working on the editing and the layout now. Um, I so far I haven't felt there's a huge rush to it because the manuscript is out there. Um, but it is coming. Wonderful, and 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 I would also like to take a moment. And of course, I'm biased. Jane is my co-host and co-creator. <laughs> Uh, here at Everyday Connection, we have uh, a lot of interesting uh, uh, things that we adventure on together. Uh, 
I'm as busy or busier than I've been at any time in my life. Haven't felt like I've worked a day. So um, uh, I know there's lots more exciting things coming. But but for those of you that maybe you haven't lived in grace for three months, but maybe you through meditation, through whatever practice you're using, or maybe just through a peak experience, uh, you have had that taste of the love without judgment, the connection, the, oh, it there, it's all, yes, I get it. And look how awesome it is. And then your meditation timer goes off or the phone rings or whatever is your uh, end to your peak experience, and then here you right are, and 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 the bills are due, and the guy in traffic is less than kind. Um, okay, the guy in traffic is an ass. Um, uh, you're on the subway, and everybody's freaking you out. Um, the the journey in crashing back to Earth, I think, is is applicable whether you've physically crashed and physically burned up uh like our dear Jean did uh I'll I'll tell you I was there she when she was bottoming out she was in pretty rough shape and it's not necessary to get into rough shape but if you take a posture of uh boy I got to get this done so I can get back to so I can meditate so I can find that peak experience again and you make that the only thing that it's about, and you sort of lose, you will lose your perspective on um, the world around you. And um, and it's entirely possible that you may end up physically ill uh, by doing so. This book could be a great, uh, a great help for you, whether it's in, in advance of that experience or behind. Um, frankly, I'd recommend the entire story arc through these three volumes. Uh, because you get the up and the down. You get the, wow, what's this? Truth thing? What? What? Oh, wow. Boom. And then get up, dust yourself off, and you say, how could you crash all the way from heaven and smack into the earth and then get up and dust yourself off? And, well, you're an eternal spiritual being, so that's not really a big trick. Um, go, Go for a stroll on the surface of the sun. You know, that might be more of a trick. I don't know. Um, but it's an amazing and intimate uh, expose of one being's journey, uh, but a journey where uh, you may not be following in the footsteps, but you're seeking what was sought, and uh, uh, it's just an awesome thing. Um, so if you'll allow me to encroach on your time a little uh, uh Gene, we've got about ten minutes left. Uh, I'd like you to tell me a little bit about this thing called Looking Younger. Ah, Looking Younger. Okay, a uh, very cool project. Um, Looking Younger was um, it's it's a lead off of another project that we did last year, also around the time that I got sick, um, which was a collaborative effort between ten authors and. Um, one of which is also happens to be an incredible artist who did our cover, and it's a charity project. So with Blooking Younger, what we did is we, we decided that we would take the concept of the book 
which was a bunch of donated blogs and writings, and the book sells and the money goes to charity. And we would offer a platform for our young people to do the same thing um, with their blogs and their writings. And we weren't sure exactly how to go about that, but uh, what we ended up doing is building a blog site, and um, it is lookingyounger.blogspot.com. And what we're doing is inviting young people between the ages of, um, and this will sound crazy to some people, but between the ages of five, yeah, we're going that young, um, five to, to the ages of 20, to send in, email in their blogs. And um, they can write about world issues, they can write about social issues, family issues, um, the, you know, anything that they are concerned about. What we're really looking for, though, is their creative solutions to some of the social issues we have, i.e. poverty, um, you know, if they want to talk about the environment, great, fantastic, but we'd like to see solutions offered in these writings. And what we're asking them to do is write in um, with their blogs, send them in, email them to us, and we will post them on the blog site. And then come January, we're going to choose 150 of the blogs randomly, depending on the age group. And we're going to publish them into a book, and then the proceeds are going to go to two organizations that uh, we've decided to support because of their work with underprivileged youth. And so um, I'm going to chime in here since I'm uh, one of the folks that's uh, working with you. This is one of the great projects, that uh, adventures that uh, Jane and I have together. Um, we want to hear what you think. That's silly idea that you have that you don't want to tell anybody because it's just silly. We want to hear because it may not be silly. Uh, I'd just like to remind the smaller humans uh, that many of the folks that change the world for the better over time uh, have said, you know, that a new idea is ridiculed at first. It's not just silly. It's laughed at. It's it's uh, made fun of, and um, and then it goes through a progression until it's just something everybody knows and accepts. Um, it's been true for cars. It's been true for airplanes. It's been true for electricity. It's been true for almost anything that changed the world. Uh, was it for the better or not? That's for you to decide and for you to comment on. But uh, uh, And it doesn't have to be global poverty or war in the Middle East, it can be, you know, there's this lady on my street and I, nobody seemed to know what was the deal. So I went and talked to her and she's a really sweet lady. What, Whatever is of concern to you is what we want to hear uh, about uh, education, uh, friends, peer pressure, drugs, bullying. not drugs, bullying, bullying. Uh, peer pressure on sex, drugs, rock and roll. Okay, the rock and roll is probably okay, but um, it. I can't really stress enough that that we really do. You may have told things to a lot of grown people. Uh, I look pretty square in my picture on Facebook. Um and they've ignored you, or worse. 
um, ignoring and, and ridiculing is not what we're in the business of here at Looking Younger. We want to know uh, that thing that you think, why didn't people think of this and why wouldn't it, oh, it's too simple. It's don't, just let us know what you think. You'd be surprised and amazed. There's um, there's a lack of enthusiasm, I think, in some cases for uh, our young minds' ability to think outside the box. But that's exactly what we're hoping to tap into. That's it's that pure creative energy, um, that way of thinking and processing the information that you absorb just in your day-to-day living and coming up with inventive, off-the-wall solutions that nobody else would think of. That's the stuff we're looking for. You know, I mean, that's, that's the juicy in this project is, is here come these young people with some stuff that adults who have been sitting in labs for years couldn't, couldn't get to work. And, and, you know, along comes this 12-year-old with a, but if you did this, it would work. And everybody goes, oh, that, that's the juicy. That's what we're looking for. And we know, we know that kids are smart. So um, we're going to really enjoy, I think, being able to put that out there to the rest of the world. And this is, that's the other thing about this real quick before we wrap it up, is this is a global project, guys. It, it doesn't matter where you live, what country you're in. Um, we want to hear from you. It, it, it is. It's a global project. We're on Facebook. We have a fan page. You can find us. You know, we want to hear from from all different parts of our amazing planet. We, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear what you're thinking, what you're feeling. It. And 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 we want to hear from you too. If you're hearing this and you're excited about the project, not just excited about sending us a blog. Maybe you don't blog. But you're excited about the idea, and and you're like, wow, that that's really cool. I'd I'd love to do something like that. Uh, we're looking for uh, folks to be uh, youth ambassadors, uh, small human ambassadors uh, <laughs> uh, to your country, to your city, to your neighborhood. Uh, send us an email. Uh, say, look, I want to get involved, and uh, let's see what we can do, because. I believe that what we can do together uh, without dismissing anyone, valuing everyone, is sheer divine genius. And, um, and, and, and frankly, I'm excited just for myself to read the submissions. I, 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 uh, our first I would do one it if we had no place to print it. You know, our, our first one was absolutely brilliant. So... Um, Come on, we want to hear from you, and I, can we put this information up on on Everyday Connection as well? I think, Rick, can we do that? Absolutely, we're going to put all the information up okay. on Everyday Connection. Perfect. We'll put a we'll put a post specifically about looking younger, and of course, there'll be information in the post about tonight's show. Um, and um, we're at facebook.com forward slash looking younger. Um, that's B L O O K, as in a blog book, look, looking younger. Um, and we want to see your face, your comments, your blogs, your ideas, your brilliance. Um, share it with us. And 
amazing things could easily happen. But share it with us anyway, just for the fun. <laughs> Listen, Gene, I want to thank you for sitting on the other side of the table and uh, enduring the hot seat. I hope we didn't abuse you too badly. Um, I had a blast. I hope I wasn't too boring. <laughs> oh, not at all, not at all. Listen, listen, gang, uh, come on over to the website, everydayconnection.me. Uh, the information will be there. It will be up here in about an hour, hour and a half. Bop on over to Amazon. Just search in Kindle for Jean Victoria Norlock, Crashing Back to Earth, any of those terms, uh, and you'll find uh, Crashing Back to Earth in the raw. $0.99, cents, easily worth Ten times that much, if not a hundred. So, get over there and pick up a copy and and uh, enjoy the journey. Uh, and come back and join us next week. We should we'll have uh, David Cole as our guest, and he's going to be discussing uh, uh, Celtic Christian spirituality. I'm I'm looking forward to that with a name like O'Shields, a little Irish in the blood there. Um, and. Uh, so we're going to have a great time with that. I want to thank everybody for uh, coming, and uh, y'all have a great week, and stay connected. Good night, all. night, everybody. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.